Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Welcome everyone. I'm Vicki Vasilika, Director of the Clinical Specialist and Scientist section here at ASHP. And thanks for tuning in for this COVID-19 special edition episode. As we all know, COVID-19 has presented many clinical, operational, and educational challenges in the past year. With that in mind, ASHP is sharing insights and lessons learned presented by your peers from the 2020 Mid-Year Clinical Meeting so that you can incorporate these best practices into your own as we all do our part in caring for our patients. My name is Heather Orth, and I will be talking with you Now, about the impact and opportunities for telehealth integration in clinical pharmacy practice. As we focus our attention today on not only the current COVID-19 global pandemic, but also other disasters such as hurricanes, earthquakes, floods, wildfires, and other infectious diseases, it is important to note the long-standing tradition of leadership federal pharmacists have shown during public health emergencies. Some notable examples include the U.S. Public Health Service and their efforts and leadership delivering care to underserved communities and responding to emerging infectious diseases. Many VA pharmacists have volunteered over the years for deployment as part of the Disaster Emergency Medical Personnel System. This year, many responded to the multiple needs across the country to provide care for our nation's veterans. Federal pharmacy has embodied an all-hands-on-deck philosophy of service for many years. In the VA, early on in the pandemic, it became clear that we would need to quickly adapt to the changing environment with respect to delivering clinical pharmacy services. The VA Pharmacy Benefits Management Clinical Pharmacy Practice Office, or CPPO, created an emergency response SharePoint page with resources related to clinical pharmacy practice. We wanted to provide a one-stop shop for pharmacists across the country to find the latest information to help them provide care in a rapidly changing environment. The content focused on reputable information that supported clinical pharmacy practice in a COVID-19 environment and in any potential surges. As information emerged, the site was updated and a view was created so users could easily see information that was updated in the last seven days. We also provided an automated email generation link so pharmacists could easily email the CPPO office with any questions or requests for additional resources that they may have. Anticoagulation care was an area where guidance for clinical pharmacy practice adaptation was needed very early on. In the VA, over 80% of anticoagulation therapy is managed by clinical pharmacist providers. The Clinical Pharmacy Practice Office gathered some anticoagulation subject matter experts to collaborate and develop a guidance document for frontline staff. The guidance outlined the development of proactive plans for providing care that encouraged social distancing, reduced patient traffic to VA medical centers, and reduced disruptions to anticoagulation therapy while still providing safe, high-quality care. There were several key points that were the focus of the guidance for anticoagulation providers. The situation presented the opportunity to reevaluate each patient's need for anticoagulation given various indications for therapy. 
It also recommended consideration of extending the interval for INR follow-up in stable patients and outlined the criteria for patients to be considered stable and the evidence-based guidelines outlining when this would be appropriate to consider. The guidance also included guidance on monitoring of direct oral anticoagulants in an effort to decrease the need for laboratory testing unless there was a concern that delay would result in a negative clinical impact. It was recommended that patients be contacted to assess adherence, medication tolerance, hospitalizations, and any signs or symptoms of bleeding, anemia, or thromboembolism. It was recommended that all appointments be evaluated for conversion to a virtual visit and to consider changes in the timing of lab draws to prevent risk of exposure. For patients that needed to continue warfarin therapy, it was recommended that alternative methods for the required laboratory testing be considered. These included things such as home health INR testing, use of community-based outpatient clinics, and patient self-testing. Finally, it was recommended to give patients 60 to 90 days supply of medication in stable patients to avoid disruptions to therapy if the patient was agreeable. Since we are not able to meet live and in person, I would like you all to take a moment to formulate your opinion to this statement, and that is virtual care delivery works for anticoagulation clinics, but it is not generally effective for comprehensive medication management for other disease states. True or false? Over the remaining portion of this presentation, I will share experience from the VA, which outlines why I believe this statement is false. The VA Clinical Pharmacy Practice Office tracks clinical pharmacist provider workload each year. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit in full force, we knew there were going to be impacts on this workload due to patients not coming into the medical centers or clinics unless absolutely necessary to decrease risk of exposure and the need in some hard-hit areas for pharmacists to assist with the increase in hospitalized patients. The graph shown is the five-day moving average of daily pharmacist encounters starting in March. You can see on March 15th, the guidance was issued that instructed VA facilities to cease non-urgent elective procedures and limited access. This brought about a decrease of nearly 5,000 pharmacist encounters per day. Then at the beginning of May, the moving forward plan was released. This saw an increase in daily pharmacist encounters, but it was still below our baseline in September. Those dips you see on the graph correspond with the Memorial Day, 4th of July, and Labor Day holidays. VA clinical pharmacist providers have proven to be early adopters of telehealth modalities to provide care. These graphs compare fiscal year 2019 and 2020 data. You can see large increases over third and fourth quarters of fiscal year 2020 for telephone encounters. This corresponds with the decrease in face-to-face -face encounters. The third graph shows the change in VA Video Connect encounters. I'll describe in more detail later in this presentation specifically how VA Video Connect works. You can see that pharmacists were already increasing their use of VA Video Connect prior to the pandemic impact, and we ended up seeing over a 1,000% increase over the course of the fiscal year. This chart shows the changes in clinical pharmacist encounters by modality over the course of fiscal year 2020, which ended at the end of September. 
We are starting to see an increase in face-to-face encounters, but they are still well below the levels seen at the beginning of the year. You can also see the increase in VA Video Connect or BBC growing. We anticipate some changes in how clinical pharmacy care is delivered that last beyond the COVID-19 pandemic environment. Clinical pharmacist providers have stepped up in multiple areas to provide care for high-risk veterans, and one of those areas is substance use disorder care. We have seen both mental health and pain management clinical pharmacy specialists embrace this role. Some strong practices we have noticed include outpatient alcohol detoxification. This practice helps to minimize inpatient admission to prevent exposure and conserve valuable resources. The pharmacist provider provides individualized treatment planning that is in line with the patient care goals. The clinical pharmacy specialists also provided outreach to other providers on their teams and provided check-in on high-risk veterans, along with utilizing population health management tools to identify and contact patients who had missed naltrexone injections or who had medication treatment fills that were late for their substance use disorder medication therapy. We also saw some strong practices in primary care coming out of our clinical resource hubs. VA has assembled clinical resource hubs in each of our 18 regional networks that allows clinicians to provide care to other facilities, which are known as spoke sites. Clinical pharmacist providers are included as part of these clinical teams to provide care for veterans. In Vision 5, we saw the Clinical Resource Hub Clinical Pharmacy Specialist supporting the clinical contact centers by providing follow-up phone visits for veterans that had screened positive for COVID-19. In Vision 7, the CPS reviewed high-risk patient dashboards to identify those at high risk of admission for conditions such as heart failure, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and diabetes, and conducted a wellness visit that included medication reconciliation, adherence evaluation, renewals, and checks on as-needed or PRN medications. These also provided contact information and general education around COVID-19. Finally, in Vision 20, they tested some software called WebVRAM, which allows access to any electronic health record system within the VA. This allowed them to review patients and document when lab results were unavailable while noting the risk versus benefit in those situations. I'd like to now spend some time sharing the story of the North Florida, South Georgia VA Medical Center's experience with VA Video Connect and implementing it as part of their clinical pharmacy practice. As I mentioned previously, we commonly refer to VA Video Connect as VVC. This virtual care delivery modality provides a way for veterans to connect with the members of their healthcare team from anywhere, including their own home. In order to perform a VVC visit, it requires a smartphone, tablet, or computer with a microphone and webcam. In addition, a broadband internet connection is required to conduct a VVC visit. At the North Florida South Georgia VA, they developed initial requirements that had an accelerated timeline compared to the requirements set forth for all VA clinicians. All packed patient-aligned care teams or primary care clinical pharmacy specialists were required to complete training 
and receive the required technology early on in fiscal year 2019. This was accomplished by 100% of their primary care clinical pharmacy specialists. In addition, each CPS was required to complete at least one connected care visit by February of 2019, and 93% of them met that goal as well. They attribute much of their initial success to the requirements their leadership set for all providers in primary care, not just the clinical pharmacy specialists. Since the implementation of this process was prior to COVID-19, the PACT pharmacists would discuss the option of a connected care visit with every veteran at their initial visit in clinic. They would review the requirements prior to the veteran leaving the clinic and conduct a test visit with the veteran while they were still there in person. If all of the technology worked out correctly, then they would negotiate their next visit as a connected care visit prior to the veteran leaving the medical center for the day. The veteran's email address was updated by the medical support assistant upon checkout of the clinic if the veteran was VVC capable. If they were not VVC capable, the clinicians coordinated with the telehealth department and then the VVC appointment was scheduled. In an effort to decrease the no-show rate, the pharmacist would also send a reminder in the veteran care manager platform the day of the appointment. When I saw the large number of VVC clinical pharmacy encounters being generated at North Florida, South Georgia, I reached out to talk to their pharmacy leadership and one of their clinical pharmacy specialists to have them share their experience with me. Dr. Chris Bullard was the packed pharmacist at the Valdosta, Georgia community-based outpatient clinic. He had been working to expand VBC into his practice long before COVID-19 became an issue, so he was already set up for success when things changed. What made Dr. Bullard's practice successful was having the discussion with the veteran prior to leaving the facility and addressing any technical issues in person as it is difficult to do via the phone. He also worked with the telemedicine team to set several veterans up with Medtronic VetLink. This helped connect veterans with the provider who may not have been able to otherwise due to technology barriers and allowed pertinent readings to be available prior to the visit actually occurring. Pharmacy leadership had Dr. Bullard share his practice with all of the rest of the pharmacist providers, and he conducted several question and answer sessions and really became the champion for the whole healthcare system. You can see on this graph that the facility had a 4,600% increase in VVC visits over the course of nine months. This graph specifically shows the total number of visits by modality for Dr. Bullard and his clinic. As you can see, by the end of third quarter of fiscal year 20, the majority of visits were conducted via VVC as compared to first quarter, where 50% were conducted face-to-face -face and 50% by telephone. When I talked with pharmacy leadership at the North Florida South Georgia VA, um, it became very apparent that Dr. Bullard was a champion, not only within the pharmacy service, but within the facility. And his enthusiasm for embracing virtual care really was contagious throughout their healthcare system. They stressed that having Dr. Bullard as their VVC champion with pharmacy at first and then expanding across the facility was key to their overall success. 
And I can verify after speaking with him, I understand how that phenomenon happened. They also recommended that other facilities identify someone to serve as that champion on the front lines. In March, the pharmacist practicing in specialty pharmacy heard about what Dr. Bullard was achieving in increasing VVC utilization, and they developed the hashtag BeatBullard. This created some friendly competition, and as you can see, it dramatically increased the number of VVC encounters in specialty pharmacy. The goal for North Florida's South Georgia was for 10% of face-to-face visits to be completed via VVC. Since first quarter, Dr. Bullard has had over a 6,000% increase in VVC utilization, and by quarter three, 99.7% of all face-to-face visits were conducted via VVC, and 74.9% of all visits were VVC. When I talked with Dr. Bullard about his practice, he shared some benefits he was able to see with VVC expansion. During the early stages of the pandemic, with the decreased social interactions that occurred, he was often one of the only personal contacts that these veterans had. He also shared that he felt being able to see the veterans and interact with them improved his ability to deliver care. Sometimes it was just uh, the experience of smiling at them and seeing a smile back on their faces as well. His experience is that most of the veterans really love the virtual care option and that he anticipates 75 to 80% of his care will remain VVC even after the pandemic is no longer a concern. So in conclusion today, I've shared with you a few examples of the key roles clinical pharmacist providers play in the provision and expansion of comprehensive medication management via telehealth modalities. Federal pharmacists continue to demonstrate innovative ways to provide needed clinical care to high-risk patients during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is expected that continued expansion and integration of telehealth into clinical pharmacy practice will further prepare us for future public health emergencies or natural disasters. And it is my hope that those of you listening to this presentation will implement some of these strong practices into your own clinical practice. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today for this special edition podcast on COVID-19. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our COVID-19 Resource Center at ashp.org backslash COVID-19 for the most up-to-date developments on COVID-19. Take care and thank you for all you do. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.